You're listening to podcast audio from Radiant Church, located in Bay City, Michigan. For more information on Radiant Church, you can check us out on www.radiantbc.com or follow us on social media at Radiant Bay City. Well, good morning to all of you guys here. How are you feeling today, Radiant Church? Doing well, I hope. Good, 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 good. Well, hey, if you're new, welcome to Radiant Church. My name is Marco, and I am the lead pastor here. Thank you for making Radiant a part of your weekend. Before we dive into our message today, before we give sacrificially to the Lord, I want to just uh, give a shout out to our media team. We're looking to expand and grow this team. So if you're... uh, if you're wondering how you can use love for technology and love uh, for all things electronic, listen, this is the team for you. If you're wondering how you can use your creativity to worship God and help us advance the gospel in this region and truly all over the world, because you know that video goes all over the world nowadays, this is a great fit. This may be a great fit for you. We need more camera operators. We need people uh, behind the scenes who are running the live stream. We need those who can do audio. We need those who can run the the graphics like you see right behind me. And so listen, if you're interested in being involved here, the good news is this. You don't have to have any prior experience in any of these areas. You just have to want to have an attitude to learn, okay? We can train you on all of these things right in-house. Just go to radiantbc.com. Click on Get Involved, and there's an application there for you to fill out, and someone, hopefully James, will get a hold of you for you to join this amazing team. And this team, I want to add, is so vital, again, to our live stream and everything that we do here, just related to media. So check that out if you would. Well, today, listen, is day number 21 of our spiritual journey. And I hope you've been following along. If you haven't been, that's okay. We still love you. But today is our final day of our spiritual journey. And I want to just say thank you. Thank you so much for going on this journey. And we're wrapping up our series for future generations as well. And as Victoria explained, we'll be filling out that commitment card together a little bit later on. And then we'll give. I'll walk you through all of that just a little bit later on in our message. But let me provide you with this update. So this Thursday evening, we gathered together our staff and some of our key leaders, our key volunteers. We gathered together here at the church. We had dinner. We had, we, there was a time of worship. And we made a commitment to what we would give for future generations. And the reason why we did this is because I believe that as the leaders go, so the church goes. I believe that leaders should set the example for generosity for the rest of our church. So I'm really, really proud to tell you and excited to tell you we had about 26 families. There was about 50 people in that gathering. And from those 50 people, we already collected $56,000 was already given for future generations. Just incredible. But here's even the better part. $217,000 was already pledged for the next two years, you guys. So we are so excited for what the Lord will do. Remember, our goal was $600,000. 
So we're so excited at what God is already up to. And I'm so grateful for our lead team here. I'm so grateful for some of our key volunteers. Listen, let me just say thank you. We couldn't do it without you. We couldn't do it without your generosity. And we're looking forward to everything that God has for us as we move into for future generations. Well, listen, in this series, we've covered some vital topics for your faith. Like number one, faith itself. We've talked about courage. We've talked about obedience to God, generosity. Today, we're going to wrap up the series and we're going to talk about sacrifice, sacrifice. You see, all these topics are not only important for us as the body of Christ, corporately. They're not only important for us as we move into God's desired destiny for us as a church, but they're also really important for you as individuals, right? So if you, you as a family, you, you as a single person, if you're going to walk into God's best for your life, his desired destiny, his purpose for your life, guess what? You're going to need to practice. You're going to need to practice everything I've talked about in this series. You're going to need to practice faith. You're going to need to practice obedience to God. God's going to call you to be courageous. You're going to have to learn how to be generous. And you're going to, guess what, have to make sacrifices. This is what God calls his people to both corporately but also individually. And today we're going to look at a story in Mark chapter 12. So if you have a Bible, I want you to go ahead and join me there. You can open your Bibles or your smartphones to Mark chapter 12. And we're going to pick things up in verse number 38. And we'll have the verses behind me as well. I want you to pay attention. This is a great story of sacrifice, of generosity, of generous giving that has so many applications to our lives Again, both corporately, but as individuals as well. So we're going to go ahead and pick things up in verse number 38. Here's what it says. It says, as he taught, Jesus said, watch out for the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. They... Jesus says, devour widows' houses, and for a show, make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished most severely. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Teachable moment, Jesus calls his disciples to him. Jesus said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on, all she had to live on. She didn't have much, just two small copper coins, and yet she gave it all. She gave it all as a sign of her worship. She gave sacrificially. What does this story have to do with us? I want to talk about that this morning. Let's take a few moments. Let's pray together. Let's ask God to just stir our hearts, affections for him, that he might give us ears to hear what he wants to say to us. Let's pray, church. Father in heaven, we, we're so honored to be here. We're so grateful to be in your presence, God. And we just ask that you would just stir our hearts' affections for you today. Lord, would you just move mightily 
and powerfully through your church today. God, give us eyes to see. Give us ears to hear. Lord, we pray that you might soften hardened hearts for those of us who maybe we came in with a hardened heart because life is hard. Life can be difficult. Life can be full of turmoil and it can be very painful. And because of that, some of our hearts maybe this morning are are hardened. But God, unless you soften our hearts, we can't hear you, God. It just goes in one ear and then out the other. Lord, we want to take your words and we want to apply them in our lives, to our lives, so that we might see transformation, so our hearts can be conformed to look more like Jesus, God. So we pray that you might do that through the power of your Holy Spirit. We just say, come, Lord Jesus, come. Come and inhabit the praises of your people. Come and do what only you can do. Lord, we're desperate to see you and to know you, to love you, to experience your goodness today. We thank you for it. We thank you so much for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, you may not be familiar with the name, but if not, I want to introduce you to a name, and the name is James Allen. James Allen is actually most known for being the pioneer of the self-help movement. Uh, Have you ever been inside of Barnes & Nobles or a a bookstore that was similar to that? And you've walked in and you've seen it yourself. It's the self-help section of the bookstore. In a self-help section, you know, you're going to find books like, hey, how to be the most successful version of yourself. How to think positive thoughts. How to be more productive at work. How to do a full week's uh, worth of work in only, you know, 20 hours or whatever it might be, that's all included in this category that we would call self-help. Well, James Allen is kind of known for pioneering that movement, and his most popular book was published in 1902. It's pretty old. And the title of this book was As a Man Thinketh. As a Man Thinketh. Now, some of you, you know that comes from the Bible, right? As a man thinketh, so he is. I don't know if James Allen was a believer or not, but what I do know is this, as I was researching and studying this week for my message, I came across this quote from James Allen from his book, and here's what he wrote. James Allen writes, there can be no progress, no achievement without sacrifice, and a man's worldly success will be in the measure that he sacrifices. This quote basically says this, that if you're going to, as an individual, attain any amount of success in your life, whether that's financially, whether that's with your relationships, whatever that might look like, you're going to have to make some sacrifices, okay? You're going to have to make some sacrifices. I'm going to have to make some sacrifices, and the amount of success a person will attain in life, listen, this is important, will be directly proportional to how much a person sacrifices. Now, we live in the age of entitlement, don't we? We all think we're entitled to something. We live in the age of laziness. No one wants to do anything. Laziness and entitlement won't get you success, though. Sacrifice, however, will, right? Think about this. I think a lot of you are very familiar with sacrifice in your own personal life. 
I was talking to James Dupree. He's the director of our media team here at Radiant Church. He plays every instrument as well. Um, not at the same time. That would be impressive, though. However, James, we had lunch last weekend. We went to Castaways, and he was telling me the story of how he paid his way through college. James would work all day and then study all night, or he would study or go to school all day and then work at night. That's great sacrifice. So he came out of college. He's a registered nurse with no debt. It's incredible, right? But here's the incredible thing. Listen, this is the amazing thing is that while his friends were partying, you know, drinking way too much alcohol and just being dumb, James was working hard. He was studying. He was making pizzas because he used to work at Little Caesars, right? He paid his way through school. For him to be at where he's at right now in life, he had to make many sacrifices up front. Oh, I think many of us are familiar with this concept because if I were to ask you, you might be in the middle of a sacrifice today. You're sacrificing your time right now. Some of you, you're going through nursing school yourself. You're going back to school and you're doing the same thing. You're working all day and then you have class all night. It's like, oh, it's exhausting, right? Or you're making some other sacrifice for your, your kids at home or maybe your spouse. So there's a health issue and you're making sacrifices for your family to bring in more income, whatever that might look like. I think a lot of us are familiar of what it looks like to make a personal sacrifice for ourselves, when we're the beneficiaries, when our wives or our husbands benefit from that sacrifice or our kids. But I think as Western Christians, I think the area that we fail to comprehend is what does it mean to sacrifice for God? What does it mean to sacrifice for God? After all, I think some of us are thinking, well, God has everything. I don't need to sacrifice anything for him. Doesn't he own a cattle on a thousand hill, Pastor Marco? How is that any benefit to me? Me sacrificing for God? We fail to comprehend that. And it's not necessarily our fault because, again, we're Western Christians. We're addicted to comfort. We have a lot of wealth here, right? We have access to pretty much whatever resource we want. We're kind of entitled, right? And so for many of us, when it comes to sacrificing for God, it's kind of a foreign concept still for us. And this is where Mark 12 comes in. Mark 12 opens our eyes to a deeper meaning to what it looks like to give generously or to sacrifice for God. And it's not all about money. Let me just add that. It's not all about money. You might think, oh no, another money talk. Oh man, I should have skipped this week. Wait a minute. Don't I have somewhere else to be? Well, I promise you it's not all about money. It's so much bigger than that. Let me give you the context of what we read in Mark chapter 12. We read that Jesus is in the temple courts and he's, he's teaching. As a part of Jesus' teaching in Mark 11 and then Mark chapter 12, Jesus begins to call out the hypocrisy of the religious rulers of that day. Now, these religious rulers were known as the Pharisees and the Sadducees, Okay. They were hypocrites. They were full of pride. They did everything to draw attention to themselves. And Jesus begins to call them out. In fact, if he couldn't be any more clear, 
I mean, he is very clear in verse number 38. He simply says, watch out for these religious rulers. Watch out for the teachers of the law. Now, as you can imagine, what happens with these religious rulers? They start to get upset. They're like, okay, that's enough, Jesus. You need to shut up now talking about us. We don't like it. And so they're getting angrier and angrier. They're starting to become upset. Their, their blood begins to boil. And then we see a bit of change in scenery as all of a sudden now they're, they're in the, the temple courts and they're in the treasury. Now, the treasury was located in a place in the temple there that was known as the court of women. The court of of women. Now, it wasn't named the court of women because that's where all the women hung out. It wasn't called the court of women because men could go there and pick up a girl or, you know what I mean, find a wife, okay? It was titled the court of women because it was the furthest that women were allowed to enter the temple precincts, okay? And this court consisted of 13 trumpet-shaped receptacles or containers that were used to hold or contain the temple tax or offerings, money that was given for various purposes so that people would come in to the court of women and then they would deposit their offering into one of these receptacles. And that's where we see, this is where we see this widow coming up and also giving herself. Now, scholars say this, that these two small copper coins, they came in at a value of 164th of that of a denarius. Some of you are like, I don't read my Bible. What's a denarius? Well, a denarius is this. A denarius was a fair pay for a day's work for a common worker in the first century. So if you were a common worker in the first century, after the day, a full eight to 10 hours of day, you would receive one denarius or denarius. So the coins that this woman has, they're only worth 164th, okay, of a denarius. How many of you know that's not a lot of money? Like that's about a few pennies to us. It equals just maybe three cents to our modern equivalent, perhaps even less. And yet, this is what she gives, right? She gives everything she has. This is remarkable. Here's what I want to do. I want to spend the rest of our time. I want to teach you three things that I think this story wants to teach us, what God wants to teach us about sacrificing for God. And again, it's not just about money. It's actually much bigger. Here we go. Number one, the widow's giving displays total commitment to God. The widow's giving displays total commitment, and might I add, trust to God. Trust in God. Here's the amazing thing about the story, right? The widow, she could have kept back one coin for herself, and that would have been acceptable to most of us, right? Like, okay, she's got two coins. She's like, hmm. I'll give one and I'll keep the other. And all of us would say, well, yeah, you need to keep some to take care of yourself. How are you going to take care of yourself, girl? Right? But here's the thing. I don't even know if one of those coins could have bought her a piece of bread. It was so small. 
Here's the fact of the matter. She gives both of them, right? She gives both of them. Jesus uses her example to teach his disciples about the value that God places on wholehearted commitment. Because why? Because guess what? In a few days from that point, the disciples' wholehearted commitment would be tested severely. It would be tested severely, right? So Jesus calls his disciples, and that's all of us today, to total commitment to him, even when the cost is high. Even when the cost is high. And can I just tell you what? For those first disciples, the cost was extremely high. Well, how do you know that, Pastor Marco? Here's how I know. Because 11 out of the 12 disciples gave their lives for the gospel. Yeah, that was a very high price to pay to follow Jesus. Of course, the last one, John, was exiled to the island of Patmos. Okay? A very high price. Open Doors USA is an organization, and they track the persecuted church all over the world. Open Doors USA tells us that Iran is number eight on the top 10 countries where the church is persecuted, meaning that if you're a Christian, it's likely you'll be killed, you'll be beaten up, you'll definitely be arrested, okay? So I was watching this documentary on YouTube this week. It was fascinating. It was about the Iranian church, the Iranian Christian church. Now, you can't just go to church in Iran. They don't have churches. It's illegal, okay? So Christians there have to meet in secret, and they have to meet in homes. Now, here's the other thing about this. When they gather in homes, it's just a small gathering. It could be like 8 to 12 individuals who gather together. And when they sing, they can't sing too loudly because that would be, or that would draw attention to the outsiders, and they don't want to be found out. And as they're gathering, as they're praying, as they're worshiping, listen, there always has to be one or two other Christians that are keeping watch for those of us or for those who might be suspect of what they're doing. So there's two or one or two Christians looking out the window, kind of like out the curtain, like making sure, right? Kind of sitting there, is anybody watching us? Is anybody here? Just the whole time, just making sure no one's around the corner. Now, when they even communicate to tell each other how they're going to meet and gather the next week, they also, if they're talking on the phone, they, they actually almost have to speak in code because they don't know if their phone is tapped. They don't know who's on the other side of the line. They don't know who might hear their conversation because remember, if they're found out, guess what's going to happen? They're going to be arrested. They might be beaten up and they could be killed. They could be murdered. Now, here's the remarkable thing about the Iranian church. We don't have any of those problems here in America. What we have is a lot of churches that are empty is what we have. But in Iran, these Iranian Christians, even though the price to follow Jesus is so high, they're willing to do it. They're willing to pay that price. It's amazing. And I'll be honest with you, after I watched the documentary, I was a bit convicted like, yikes, do I display that type of total commitment to the Lord. These guys can't meet in public. They can't have a loud, awesome rockin' band. They can't have any of those things, right? And yet they're willing to pay the highest price to follow Jesus. This widow's story shows us that she too made total commitment to following 
Jesus. And every time I want a bit of sobriety in my life, a sober look at reality, I just look at the persecuted church around the world right now. And then I say, okay, I need to shut up and stop complaining because we got it good here. We got it real good, you guys. Now, is persecution happening right now in America? It is. It's on the increase. I'm not sure if it'll ever get as bad as Afghanistan or Iran or Somalia, which is absolutely atrocious there. But I know that God is calling me to a wholehearted commitment to him. And that's what we see again in Mark chapter 12. Number two, the widow's sacrifice points to the manner in which our generosity should be practiced as well. Okay. She shows us how we should also practice our generosity. The religious rulers, they were always concerned about making a show for themselves, right? Everything that they did drew attention to themselves. They wanted to be seen, right? Jesus says, hey, they go to the, the best places and they sit at the best places in the marketplace and they want to be seen. They want the praises of man. That's really the only thing they're concerned about. But this woman right here, she doesn't make a show of herself. She just goes and she drops the coins off and then she keeps going her way. Did you know this, though? She could have stopped everyone in their tracks. She could have made a public announcement right there about what she was giving, about what she was doing. I mean, think about it, you guys. The story in the Bible could have looked entirely different. She could have came up to that receptacle. She could have grabbed one of those shofars. Hear he, hear he. I am a widow, and today I'm giving everything I have two small copper coins. Yes, they're worth barely anything, but I am so pious. I'm a worshiper of Yahweh, Elohim. I'm showing how great of a follower I am to him. Notice how I put the coins in the receptacle. Clink. Clink. Thank you. That is all. I have given my sacrifice. I shall receive pity, the applause of men. Thank you so much. Right? She could have made a grand announcement, a great spectacle. Look at what I've done. Look at how much I gave. Look at this is everything I have. This is my sacrifice. And yet, again, here's what we see. What does she do? Instead, she just quietly worshiped God through her giving. And Jesus tells us that that's what we're supposed to do as well. Look at Matthew 6, 2, if you would with me. It'll be on the screen. So when you give to the needy, or when you give in general even, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites or the play actors do, right? As they do in the synagogues. Hello, he's talking about the Pharisees. And on the streets to be honored by others. That's why they're doing it. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. So the applause that those Pharisees receive when they're doing those types of things, Jesus says, that's all they're getting. That's it. The, you know, good job. Wow. Good job. Wow. Look at what you did. Good job. That's great. Yeah. Jesus says, that's it. That's all they get because they're doing it with all the wrong heart motivations. And rather, what Jesus reminds us of is this. He, he reminds us that the heart of sacrifice is always humility and never pride. 
right? The heart of sacrifice is always humility. It's never pride. Number three, finally, the sacrifice of the widow points to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. I read this with new eyes this week. It's almost, in some sense, this, this scripture is almost prophetic. It's, pro- it's, it's pointing forward. It's looking ahead to, to what? To the sacrifice that Jesus makes. This woman gave her entire livelihood in the same way, even to greater degree, though, Jesus gives his entire life on the cross. Jesus gives his entire life. Church, think about this. Think about this. Think about the fact that when God shows us his generosity, he doesn't say, um, I don't know. When God shows us his generosity, what does he do? He gives us the greatest gift that mankind could receive, his son, Jesus Christ, and his son being sacrificed on a wooden cross, on a Roman cross. That's of great sacrifice to God. God never withholds his generosity from us. Never. Not once. One of my favorite Bible verses just over the past few years has been has been Romans chapter 5, verse 8. You might know it. It goes like this. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The reality is, is that none of us were looking for God. He came looking for us. The scripture says, while we were still sinners, Christ died. Many of us were running away from God. Many of us were like, I don't want any consequences for my actions. I want to do me. I don't want to listen to anyone. Right? That sinful nature, that rebellious heart that most of us had, still have maybe even to some degree, of course. But even in that, God shows us his love for us by giving us his one and only son. Paul says this. Paul says that when we're saved... We're saved from the wrath of God. And at one point, did you know that we were enemies of God? You and I were enemies of God. We were enemies of God. But for those who believe, those who trust in Jesus Christ, listen, we're reconciled to our Heavenly Father and we receive forgiveness, the kindness of God. His grace is lavished upon us to those who believe. We're not saved by our good works. We're not saved by how often we go to church. We're not saved even because we give a tithe or an offering. Listen, we're saved through the finished work of Jesus on the cross. It's good news. Yeah, it's good news. I want to encourage you this morning, church, if you're here or you're watching online and you would say, I just feel far from God. I've messed up too often. My past is so shady and the things I've done are so despicable. I don't know what I should do right now. I want to just encourage you that you can draw near to God right now through his son, Jesus Christ. You can draw, and and that might be one or two of you today. I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning. I don't know who I'm speaking to online, but I I might be speaking to someone's heart in this very moment. You can draw near to Jesus. And if that's you, can I just tell you, that's the most important thing. That's the thing I want for you more important than anything else. That's the thing right there. That's why we gather as a church. That's why we are who we are so that people might know and love and serve Jesus Christ. So if you're here this morning and you would say, Pastor Marco, 
um, or, or some people call me priest, like, hey, priest. I'm like, I'm not a priest, okay? Like, they just don't have a religious background. Or, are you like a prophet? No, I'm not a prophet, right? Are you like one of those Catholic priests? No, not, not one of those either, okay? Like, what are you? Do you have robes? No, I don't have any robes, okay? I do try to dress nice, but I don't have robes, but just a pastor, Okay? You're feeling like, hey, I'm far from God. I want to just encourage you. You can draw near to him today. And when you draw near to God through Christ, listen, um, you're not clinging to your accomplishments. You're not boasting of your own morality, but you are clinging to that old wooden cross, that old Roman cross. That's what we cling to, the cross of Jesus. I want to review with you quickly here. Number one, here's what we learned today. The widow's offering shows us a total commitment to God. It reminds me, I hope it reminds you, of what's your commitment to God? There's a heavy price that most of the world pays to follow Jesus. Most of the world pays death, being arrested, or being beat up to follow Jesus. Church, can we make a commitment to God today? What will our commitment look like for him? Number two, the widow shows the manner by which we should be generous, right? How we should practice our generosity. Again, we're not blowing a trumpet. We're not making a grand speech of how awesome we are because of what we've given. We're not doing any of those things. We're just, we're just giving out of our worship today. We're, we're giving as a sign of our worship from a posture of gratitude in our hearts. I Man, God, I'm so grateful that I get to give. I get to give to your kingdom. I get to give so that future generations might know you and love you. Ah, it's so cool that we get to give. It's such a joy to give, too, and so many Christians don't experience that joy because they're so afraid. Number three, the widow's sacrifice points to Jesus' ultimate sacrifice. Jesus' ultimate sacrifice. Again, in some sense, it's prophetic. We, we look forward to what Jesus will do when he goes to the cross and Jesus gives us everything, his very life for those to come to know him. And so listen, when we, we notice that Jesus willingly laid down his life so that we might be set free, we can be forgiven, and we can also with, wait with eager expectation for when Jesus returns, sets up his kingdom here, and he rights every single wrong, and every tear will be wiped away is what the Bible says. Are you in tears right now? Are you in pain right now? Are you walking through darkness right now? Are you in a season where everything seems to be falling apart? Friends, church, I'm going to tell you, listen, that's only temporary. There's coming a day where Jesus will come and make every wrong right. Every tear you've cried, listen, he'll wipe from your eye. Every pain you've gone through, he'll be there to restore, to bring complete healing and wholeness. Friends, church, this is not the end of our story. This is not the end of our story. And even when someone passes away and dies, we don't mourn as those without hope. We mourn as those with hope. Because we know where our salvation comes from. We know how the story ends. Yet those who are dead in Christ will rise to meet with him. And we'll live and we'll rule and we'll reign with Jesus. Listen, death does not have the final word. Jesus has the final word. He's come to give you hope to show you God's grace and love today. I want to say one more thing. And it's this, the sacrifice is not based on what we're able to do, 
but rather what God wants to accomplish through us. What God wants to accomplish through us. Today, I, today my prayer is that you, you'd sacrifice to the Lord. It's not about what really what you can do. I, I know that's how we humanly think. I know that's how we logically think. But a sacrifice is more so actually about what God wants to accomplish through us, his bride, his church, okay? And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to begin to posture our hearts and get our commitment cards out. Go ahead and grab your commitment card for those of you who are giving today for future generations. There's also a tithe envelope. If you have your first fruits offering, go ahead and get that tithe envelope as well. The best way to give today is cash or check. Now, you can give online as well. If you don't have a card, go ahead and raise your hand up high. We've got a few people around, I think, right here in the front row, Sharon, as well. Right here in the front, Sharon. Oh, thank you, Anne, so much. If you need a commitment card, go ahead and raise your hand high in the air. I want to just walk you through this because this can be slightly confusing. So let me walk you through this to best explain how I think you could fill this commitment card out. And I've given you just an example here, okay? So go ahead and put that first slide up if you wouldn't mind. I think it's easiest to think about what do you want to commit to for the next 24 months. Again, that number is between you and the Lord. I've just given you an example of a monthly gift that actually would begin in June, that this June, next month, okay? So let's just say you've committed, you've talked to your spouse, you've prayed, and $100 a month is what you want to give above and beyond the tithe. Well, that would equal $2,400, of course, after 24 months. Like, that's pretty easy math. And again, that would begin next month, June of 2023, and that would end in May of 2025. Now, some people might ask, Pastor Marco, what if I get a bonus at work? What if I get blessed? What if I sell my side-by-side, uh, -side? whatever it is? Can I give and fulfill my obligation earlier? And the answer is absolutely. You can absolutely do that anytime you want to, okay? So I think it's easiest to think about what you want to commit to either annually or monthly or even weekly, okay? Number two, the next best thing to do is if you brought a gift, go ahead and fill that out. Again, that'll be in your tithe envelope. I have enclosed an initial gift, okay? That's, a, that's to get things started, okay? Now, if you've given online today or you want to give online, you have that option as well. Simply write online, if you wouldn't mind, on your commitment card. So whatever that amount might be, I've simply given you an easy example. So then you're going to take the initial gift, church, plus the monthly commitment, or again, weekly, it could be for you, and that will give you your total. So go to slide number three. And that total, of course, is the $2,400 plus the $1,000 that you're giving today. And now, of course, that would equal $3,400, okay? $3,400. I think that's the easiest way to kind of think about how you fill this commitment card out. Now, I know there's a, there might be some of you here today, you're like, you know what, Pastor Marco, I haven't been here for a few weeks, and that's okay. So take it home. Just take it home and go back home to your spouse and pray about it. And in another week or two, you can go ahead and give that gift and make a commitment, okay? So just in case there are some of you who are here and you're like, Yo, Pastor Marco, I've been gone for a while. I've been traveling for work. Can I come back next week? Absolutely. In fact, you can jump on board anytime. But today's our big, sort of our big kickoff to our commitment, okay? So I'm going to go ahead and just give you a few moments to fill that out. Fill that tithe envelope out as well. 
we're going to worship and we're going to give in just a few more moments. that out I want to give you some instructions here I want us to pray over our offering of what we're giving to future for future generations we're gonna do that together okay I want to pray for us our kids are actually gonna give sacrificially as well in a few more moments so proud of our kids ministry so proud of our kids team they are absolutely amazing we love them and so our kids are gonna come up right after I pray to give first. As we're worshiping, once the kids are done, feel free to come up, drop your gift off. We have two of the receptacles up here and one in the back, okay? You simply go wherever you feel comfortable, just drop that off, go back to your seat and continue to worship with us, okay? Give you a few more moments to fill that out. Let's pray together, church. Father, we thank you so much for the gift of generosity. Lord, we just count it a privilege that we get to be a part of what you're doing here in our city. We get to see, we get a front row seat, God, of how you're going to transform lives through us, Lord. What a privilege it is to be generous, God. What joy it is to be generous for your kingdom, Lord. Father, I pray that you richly bless those who give today, God richly blessed. I pray that you more than replace what they are giving today and for the next 24 months. God, show yourself to those, uh, show yourself faithful to those who may, be, who may be somewhat hesitant, who are still learning what it means to be generous. God, would you teach them today, God? Show them, reveal to them specifically your faithfulness, God. Show them, God, that we can never outgive you, Lord. So, Father, our hearts are open, our hands are open towards you, and we just say, God, would you multiply what we give to you today, Lord? God, our hearts, our eyes are already seeing new kids' classrooms being built, a new sanctuary with hundreds of people filling it from across our city, God. We see our city being blessed because of what's happening here today and what will take place in the next 24 months, God. We just pray, do it in our generation, God. Do it through us, God. We submit our lives to you, Lord, and it's with gratitude, God, that we give to your kingdom today, God. Lord, we bless your name, and we give you praise for what you're doing in this house. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.